Good morning, Miss Peterson. I'm sorry to disturb you so early. The court has ruled that you require assistance in taking care of yourself. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm afraid it's not up to you to decide. The court has appointed me to be your legal guardian. What? You have to come with me. And remember, I'm here to help. My name is Marla Grayson. I'm just someone who cares. Marla Grayson, you've had amazing success. What's your secret? There is no secret, Peter. She forces them into the home, auctions off their house, and uses the proceeds to pay herself. Because caring is my job. Sit! I will grab your dick and balls, and I will rip them clean off. Big deal maker. I know what you do here. Your hustle. Look at all these cash cows on your wall just leaking money into your account. But Jennifer Peterson, she's off limits. She has very powerful friends who can make life uncomfortable for you. How uncomfortable are we talking? I love Marla Grayson. I don't like you. You only just met me. There's two types of people in this world. Predators and prey. I don't lose. I won't lose. I'm never letting you go. Oh, you're in trouble now. I am a fucking lioness. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So today we're talking about the new Netflix film, I Care A Lot, directed by Jay Blakeson, and starring Issa Gonzalez, Peter Dinklage, Diane Wiest, and Amazing Amy. Oh wait, I think that's another movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rosamund Pike as its villain protagonist, Marla Grayson. So this movie actually premiered last year at the Toronto International Film Festival, and I actually missed it. I just didn't make room for it. It got really great reviews then, but now it's on Netflix. It premiered last Friday. Yeah, we were originally going to do something else, but we decided last minute to pivot to this because I think there's a lot of salty discourse around this one, and a lot of people are talking about it. There's, there's some buzz. Should we get right into it? What did you guys think of this movie? Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was dark. I very much liked the first, like, two-thirds or, or even three-quarters or so. I was a little disappointed by the back. The third act? I agree. Yeah, a little disappointed by the third act, but I think the very end sort of saves it. The ending, yeah. I'm 100% in your, in your boat. It's fun. I think it's shot well. I think it's, like bright and colorful when it needs to be it's not like boring and drab and like you know all video game backgrounds there's some fun shots there's some mm-hmm. you know some fun dialogue it's uh it's a good time and it, it, it's not too long it is two hours you can tell it's two hours but it's not a long two hours it moves at a pretty good clip yeah so yeah overall uh fun time yeah what do you think Derek? 
I also enjoyed this movie. I really loved Rosamund Pike in this movie. I think this is kind of a lane that she she's kind of found herself in in the last couple of years that I really enjoy her kind of like these villainous, the smartest person in the room kind of a character. I mean, I'm alluding also to her performance in like Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. This performance reminds me a lot of that. But other than her performance, you know what? Take that back a little bit. I, I do think the rest of the cast is also good, right? Uh, Isa Gonzalez is, I think, good as Fran. I really actually enjoyed Peter Dinklage as the, the antagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I, like you guys, don't like the last third or quarter of this movie. And I don't particularly like the ending. Oh, you don't like the ending. Interesting. No. I think it has to do with a lot of, like, I like Pike's performance, but I absolutely hate her character in this movie. All right, we're going to get into that because that is... Yes. Like, I don't want to get too much into it, but yeah, I don't like her character. I don't necessarily really like Dinklage's character either. So, like, I'm really torn by this movie because I don't have anyone to root for. Partially, that's not the point of this movie either, though. But uh, yeah, it, it was really hard for me to kind of like take this ride along with these characters. Right. I know what you're saying. I think a lot of the the heated debate about this movie is because of the villainous nature of its protagonist, I think. And also, so this movie has a crazy polarized critic score versus its audience score. So I think the last time I saw it, the critic score was at 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then the audience score was at, what, 32 or 33? Currently, it's 81 for the critics and 35 for the audience. I think a large majority of the people review bombing this movie are misogynists. So that's like one thing. Um, Because there is some like feminist messaging in here. She's talking about like men mistreating her and stuff and like how she's going to like grab some guy by the balls or whatever in the first like 10 minutes. And then people see that and they're like, I'm turning this off. I don't want to watch it, which is pretty silly. I think it's stupid and pretty sexist, I think. And and I think that's a problem that a lot of like female-led movies have had in the last five, ten years. Like Captain Marvel had that issue. A bunch of other movies had that, mm-hmm. had that problem, too, where these gamer gators and comic gators would come out of the woodwork and just shit on a movie just because it had like a strong female lead or it had anything vaguely resembling like a feminist agenda i guess and the other criticism of this movie which i think has a little bit more merit is that like what you said derek like there's no one to root for like she's just unrepentantly evil so like this movie revolves around this character named marla grayson so she's acting as like a court appointed conservator for like elderly people but what she does is she bilks them out of like their belongings she has like an accomplice with a doctor and she declares these elderly people like unfit to live by themselves so she takes guardianship of them and then she strips them of all their belongings and she sells them just to get rich right that's that's basically her character so a lot of people are complaining that you can't root for her she's evil and it's just a bad movie because it's a one-dimensional character which i don't agree with I don't agree with that. And they're like, oh, the the movie is like condoning like elder abuse or whatever. But like, that's not true either. Like, just because the director made this movie doesn't mean he's condoning the behavior of its characters, right? And I think 
the ending mm-hmm. of this movie shows that that's the case, right? Well, we'll get into that later, but I think there's a double standard when it comes to women, and there's so many unlikable protagonists in other movies too, but you don't see people talking shit about that. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but... So, watching this movie, I, I learned something about myself. I've seen characters that, you know, have raped and murdered and just done the worst things, right? Like torture, all that stuff, killed, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. for some reason, a character that, like, takes advantage of old people has crossed some kind of line with me. Very um, Asian of you, Derek. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think that's my main issue with the character is just like I I can't get past that, and it's it's just me personally, right? Like so, something about like the act of like taking this kind of group of people that you know older and and could easily fall victim, and then doing that and like creating a business around it, creating this like network that works together to like screw over the elderly, just did not sit well with me, and I it was really hard for me to get past that. Um. I don't agree with the fact that people think that she's one dimensional. Like I do admire that like she's evil in that aspect, but like she never resorts to things like murder. Right. Or if anything, you know, she, she works around it to actually make it part of like legally binding. Right. She like, she doesn't pay off this judge. Like this judge is working with her thinking that she's doing something good. Mm -hmm. Right. So like there is some nuance to the character that I did enjoy. Yeah, and I, I liked her relationship with her partner slash lover, mm-hmm. Aza Gonzalez. It was a pretty wholesome relationship considering how criminal and evil they were, right? So, I mean, my issue is that I think I have the perfect example of why I think this discourse is stupid. Because someone messaged me about this movie on Twitter. He was like, LOL, Rosamund Pike is despicably evil who takes advantage of the elderly in this movie. It's fucking dangerous trash enabling criminal activity and you're defending it. Get a real job. Hack. (laughs) That's what they said. And then if you click on his profile, his profile picture is Walter White from Breaking Bad, which is, Mm. I mean, like, irony is pretty much dead, right? Like, I think it's it's very, very funny that that's, that's what happened. I mean, like, I understand, like this hit you personally in a way where like it, you really felt that this elder abuse was like despicable. But like, I mean like just going off like the top of my head, like American psycho, a clockwork orange, the usual suspects, like falling down nightcrawler, natural born killers, like all those movies, those people are pieces of shit, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't root for them I mean, either. I mean, what about breaking bad? Yeah. Breaking bad. The Sopranos. You know, and it's it's all, like, I understand it's, like, it's subjective, but it's all, like, it's just a movie, right? Like, I've seen people, like, get murdered or, yeah, uh, like, deal drugs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all those things, like, don't affect me. For some reason, this did. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely fucked up and disturbing and definitely the more so at the beginning where they focus in on what she does. When it becomes, like, this sort of, like hijinks crime dark comedy later on and strays away from that it's a little easier to take yeah or maybe it's a little easier to forget like what the basis of her business is but also ironically that's when the movie is the weakest right do you agree yeah yeah it's just the resolution of that plot line doesn't entirely work right i think the breaking bad and, and the stuff you were saying earlier is like a good point like 
I see exactly why people would have a hard time dealing with this movie. I mean, all the stuff that was popping into my head as I'm watching, I was like, oh, it's like a, it's like a Coen Brothers movie, or it's like a Seinfeld, or a Curb, or Always Sunny. It's just a movie with like no good people. I don't know. It's like an Ocean's Eleven for elder abuse or something, or a Breaking Bad for elder <laughs> abuse, right? It's like these are all the things I was thinking of when I'm watching this movie, and I'm just like, I can see how it would be difficult to watch. Why are people so riled up? Is it because she's a woman? Because everyone else, like all those other examples, the villain protagonists are men, right? I do agree that that's part of it, but I don't know. Is the elder abuse just like a trigger that usually isn't pushed in culture? Is it like killing a dog or like molesting a child or something? Like, I, I think that's it for me. Like, we haven't seen this, right? We're so used to things like rape. And murder and all those things. Are you, Derek? Damn. Okay, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. When we watch, I know exactly what you mean. This is more real, right? This is some shit that you're like, this this is probably happens. Like this elder abuse type stuff probably happens every day. Not in, not in the big, you know, someone has an evil plan to abuse old people for money type of sense. But elder abuse does really happen, and it's insidious, and it does go on. So maybe. This somehow feels like a more real crime than rape or murder, which are also, I mean, super common and super underreported, at least in the case of rape. You know what's fresh in everyone's mind? It's the Britney Spears documentary, right? Which dealt with exactly this. Well, it was an elder abuse, but it's about the abuse of like conservatorships and like how they can be used to take advantage of people, right? And like you can't get out of them and you lose your agency and your financial agency and all that stuff. And I think that's really fresh in people's minds, and I think that touched a nerve for a lot of people, but I still don't think this compares to, like, rape or murder or, like, child molestation, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I think it's just, like, when you're talking about media, you're talking about, like, content, you're talking about movies, I think that those things are just, like, part of the tropes now, right? Those are, like, part of the course. Yeah, yeah. You know, versus this is different. Like, this is something I haven't seen, and it... It sparked something in me that I didn't know was there <laughs> in the sense I was just like, wow, I don't like the fact that she's doing this to this subset of our human population. That mm-hmm. Whether it be she's a male or a female, right? If this was a male character, I'd feel the same. Like, this is, like, despicable to me. Right. But I didn't let that get in my way of enjoying this movie still, though, right? Because, I, like I said, her performance is amazing in this movie. It really is good. It's a great performance. She's and, good. And I just think, like, people who just dismiss this film, like, they just have, like, this visceral reaction to it. I guess they just can't watch it for some reason. Like, I mean, that's fine. You, you, to each their own, right? But, I mean, I, I think, I think you do have a point because, like, we have been conditioned to, like, accept murder and rape and stuff like that as a form of entertainment. And, like, we probably shouldn't, but this is something yeah, we fresh. Should. This is like a fresh idea for like a crime that's ne- never been depicted in like film before, right? So yeah. I think that's part of where the problem lies. Is this kind of thing, in, is it Happy Gilmore where like the grandma's in like the shitty nursing home? That's played more for laughs though, and I feel like that was a different time. It is, but I'm saying... I mean, that's the only other thing I could think of. Mm. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's different to me where this is like an organized, like almost like crime syndicate thing going on, right? She's got like doctors in her pocket. She's got this old home facility in her, like in her pocket in a sense. We learned that later she has like, you know, fences and she's got like a pawn shop or, or jewelry shop working with her. She's got people to come appraise like the furniture and the things that like, 
they find in the homes. Like it's a, it's a well-oiled racket. Dude, yeah, that, that, was, that was a rough montage to watch. Yeah, when they're selling our, all the stuff in our house, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, and the music is very weird. That like kind of techno-y music that's going on as they sell the house. That's, that's an odd, odd choice, but it works. I mean, let's let's talk about the plot a little bit because like. So I went into this movie thinking this whole movie was just going to be about her taking advantage of older people, right? Like how she's going to build this this nest egg for herself just by bilking the elderly out of like their free will and their possessions and stuff like that. But like that's not the case at all, right? Because I think this movie takes a lot of turns that you don't expect, which I think is great. Because like I had no idea it was going to go in the direction of her like targeting the wrong person, right? Like. This, mm-hmm. this, yes, uh, yes. I didn't see that coming either. Um, I thought maybe if you targeted the wrong person, it would be like Possessor, where, you know, first you see one successful mission, and then you see the fucked up one that kind of like right, right, the right. protagonist. But I didn't think it would happen the way it did. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it would be a Russian mobster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Russian mobster's mother. Yeah. Played by Diane Weist. Who's great, by the way. I she think is. She's so good in this. And, like, I'm a little disappointed that she kind of just disappears halfway yeah. through the movie. I think that's kind of disappointing. Because uh, I think she was one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. I love, like, yeah, the moment where she's, like, like kind of high on the drugs and she's just like, you're going to get it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't understand what's coming for you. And I was like, oh, this is great. But then we should talk about the other big character in this in this movie, too, right? Is the... The Russian mob, former mob boss? I don't know how. No current. So current mob boss played by Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, this is, it's nice to see kind of Peter Dinklage in in a role other than the giant troll in in Endgame or whatever. (laughs) Uh, His performance is a little campy, a little hammed up uh, in this movie, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I still really liked his kind of dynamic with Rosamund Pike, I like the kind of back and forth that they had. Uh, I don't know what you guys think of his performance. I liked it. It was. I think it's perfectly within his wheelhouse. He's always playing these like bristly roles. I think. I think he's he's great in that type of character, and this is just par for the course for him. And and it was fun. I like that he was eating in like all the scenes. A little bit of like a Brad Pitt type thing, where <laughs> yeah. He's always like drinking that smoothie or whatever and uh <laughs> eating the eclair, right? Yeah, the eclairs, that's right. <laughs> what I didn't quite like is that right when you first meet him, he gets like handed that like deck of photos. Yeah, that human trafficking thing is pretty dark too. Like the human trafficking thing is just like it's pushed in front of you, so like you're like, oh, this is a terrible human being. They drop that angle completely. Yeah, they drop it. They don't really show you why he's mm. a terrible person, except for like you're supposed to get it from that one instance. It, for me, it was kind of this manipulation of like, well, this person's worse than our villain, right? Mm-hmm. In, in a way, and I, I was just like, eh, I don't know. I still don't like Rosamund Pike and. So you know, you know, you know what Dinklage is in this movie? He's a combination of like every guy Joe Pesci played in every mob movie before like 2018, <laughs> plus Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Mm. Right? Like he's the little guy who like you absolutely believe will like stab everyone in the room in the neck, and then he's also the like quiet mob boss old Joe Pesci from The Irishman. 
Mm. Yeah, who's kind of like trying to stay quiet, trying to stay hidden still, and like yeah, he's like kind of both of them together. So at the beginning of the movie, there's uh, one one of the uh, sons of one of the elderly people that she's scamming. You know, approaches her after she wins custody of the uh, victim, and uh, he's really upset at her. He's threatening her, and she's like, "Hey, if you ever threaten me again, I'll like." know rip your balls off and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and she turns it into like a male versus female angle yeah i think that's the thing that rubbed a lot of misogynists the wrong way so at first i was like oh is the film smart to see that she's doing that like dishonestly what do you mean like her whole thing where she's like oh did it like burn you up to get beaten by a woman or whatever like no he's pissed off that you're abusing his mother right like right like so does the film recognize that that is like a fake angle or is that supposed to be or is that supposed to be it must because it is right yeah okay so like because i read it as okay clearly this is fake and we're supposed to read this as like rhetoric that she is abusing which i think is really interesting right because you're giving people credit enough to see that but she's being dishonest in her like quote unquote feminist argument while still later on in the film like genuinely advancing a feminist point, right? Right. I think that's a good point because people are like, why did she include that line? It's so like fake and like forced and like that's it's meant to be that way, right? Because she's being an asshole to this guy. Yeah, and she's using that as like a cover for that, right? So that's a great point, I think. Yeah. So like the, to me that was like, oh, this is clearly fake, right? And then I think the movie wants you to know that. Because later on there are some things where she does sort of talk about feminism in a way that does sort of land it and, and rings us more true. When she says, you know, you know, when when Peter Dinklage just threatened them and uh, her lover Francis is like, hey, we should run. She's like, eh, you know how many times I've been threatened by a man? You know, you can't convince a woman to do what you want and eh, call her a bitch and threaten to kill her. And it's like, all right, mm-hmm, right you know what? Right, like right. that that line totally landed. That one works, right. Yeah, what really worked with me actually was her scene with the lawyer uh, played by Chris Messina. He at first uh, like automatically thinks that the doctor she's working with is a male, mm-hmm. and like she yeah, kind of like has to correct. It. Yeah, he keeps doing yeah. it, but then she always has to like correct him. Like that really worked for me. Versus, yeah, maybe you guys are right. Maybe that first part is a little forced. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a head fake that first one. I have a different reading on it, but I think I can't really talk about it until we talk about the ending, the actual ending. Okay, let's let's do that then. Why don't we run through? Well, like- I, I want to. Before we get to the actual, actual ending, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the resolution between Dinklage and her character. Was that at all satisfying at all? Or, like, what did you guys think about that, right? So, to, to give the audience some context, so Dinklage and, and Pike, you know, are at odds with each other for most of the second half of this movie. Dinklage tries to kill her. She tries to extort him. And it all comes down to them actually becoming business partners Mm -hmm. and she grows her empire it's not just the city but i guess globally yeah like what did you guys think about that i think it's clever i don't think it really works first of all like logistically i don't think it works i don't think shit like that works that way i think every state has different laws for conservatorships i don't think you can just do like a blanket conglomerate yeah that that like just bilks people out of their possession and their free will and puts them in in like an old folks home. I don't think you can just do that on such a large scale and get away with it. 
Yeah, it feels like it's the kind of scam that gets by on being small. Yeah. Yeah, like how do you bullshit the world, right? <laughs> but on the other hand, look at like, I don't know, the opioid crisis, right? <laughs> or like, like, and like the prime role that like some like medical professionals and pharmaceutical companies had in, 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 in that. That's like a good example. Or just look at like any successful intelligence operation that you know about. And then think about all the ones you don't know about it that are successful because you don't know about them, right? Like big things like that can happen all the time, right? Like in mm-hmm. the pursuit of making money, like I don't know, this country will get will forgive a lot. I do think the movie does have a bit of a – maybe I'm reading into it – a bit of an anti-capitalist message. The whole money-making montage at the end um, and all of her like fucking like, I don't know, Ayn Rand, Wall Street – speeches about how like ambition is so great and greed is good and this is how you have to succeed in this country like i do think the movie is tapping into a vein of like criticism about capital oh it for sure is i I don't think any of that is unintentional i i think for sure is it is and and if the montages and the speechifying doesn't like convince you i think the final shot of this movie does right i think you want to all right, so yeah, let, let's get into that, right? So the very end is that she does become very successful, right? Like mm-hmm. she creates this, uh, I think it's Grayson, right? She calls her company, mm-hmm. which is based mm-hmm. on her last name, or, uh, you know, after her last name. And I guess their their plot to be business partner works. And, and I, I, what she was doing an interview, and then she's coming out into the parking lot. And that the very same gentleman from the very beginning of the movie where she you know, scammed out of being able to see, you know, his his his, his mother. mother comes out and says, you know, my mother died, pulls out a gun and shoots her right in the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys already mentioned this. So this works for you, right? I don't think this movie could have ended any other way. Right. Okay. So the movie up until this point, like, so like the first two thirds, you're kind of with it, right? It's like an e- a movie about like an evil protagonist fencing off with an evil antagonist, but you're not fully on her side, as you were saying, because she's sort of evil, right? And, like, the movie recognizes very much that she's evil, so she sort of has to get her comeuppance, right? Like, morally. Mm -hmm. So when she doesn't, and it looks like she's just allied with Peter Dinklage and everything's going great, you're like, oh, the movie's kind of gone soft. It's it's bought into its own bullshit, and it's, like, loving its protagonist, who we know is evil, right? Um, And so then killing her kind of restores that balance. Yeah. I understand that the movie feels like this is the natural kind of ending for this movie. Like, you, you can't have her get away with what she's done, right? You kind of can't have her win. Like, do you remember the end of Breaking Bad? Again, we were going to talk about this. I haven't seen <laughs> Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> but I know what happens. I'm pretty sure I know what happens. So you can talk about it. Literally the only person who hasn't watched Breaking Bad and we fucking have him on our podcast. And it's a movie and TV podcast. Not, not just have him on it. He's a fucking co-host. I think he's demoted to guest until he watches yep. Breaking Bad. Holy shit. All right. In broad strokes, the TV show over five seasons is very well aware of how evil Walter White is, how much of a piece of shit he is. And like people who think that his like wife who is, uh, is like a normal person holding him back from his evil career of crime, the people who think that Skyler's a villain have fucking spectacularly missed the point, right? 
they're like sort of misogynist that you're talking about earlier. That's Jeff. a that's a whole um, other thing with Skylar White. It's a whole class of fucking idiot people. But um, the point being, the the show understands how evil he is, and then in like the last episode, it kind of lets him win anyway, and it just completely deflates the entire thing. I I agree with you. I think Breaking Bad should have ended with Ozymandias. I mean, I don't think the ending is terrible. But I do think it pulls its punches a little bit because it makes the whole fight against the neo-Nazis instead of Walt coming to terms with how much of a piece of shit he's become, you know? And, and I think it, it is a bit of a cop-out. It, it, it lets him win in the end. And, that, and that's how I felt about this movie, about the end of this movie. I was like, oh, the movie's going to let her win. And so when it didn't, I was like, oh, okay, at least it had the sense enough to do that, even if it's like, even if it's like the more crowd-pleasing option, right? Even if maybe in a way it would have been more daring to let her win, I think it's much more satisfying to see her lose, right? Because it's the fantasy of being able to overthrow the capitalist system with one bullet, right? It's the fantasy that like the little guy can just with a gun go and shoot the system which – you know, is unjustly uh, imprisoning his mother or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a fantasy. It's a movie. So that's why it's satisfying. Because in real life, I think the movie understands this, like, you can't do that. You can't get away with it. And there's tons of people who are just weak and being abused and their relatives can do nothing about it. You said that at a certain point you thought the movie was going soft. I think that point for me was when Fran lives, right? Because I was like, oh, they're definitely pulling their punches now because, well – so in the movie, Peter Dinklage and, and her, his Russian mob family tries to get revenge on, on Marla and they go after Fran, who's, who's her lover, right? Uh, played by Isa Gonzalez. And they beat the shit out of her and they put her in the kitchen with the, with the oven and the gas on. So you're like, oh shit, well, Marla's definitely going to pay for all the evil shit she's done by, by losing her lover, right? And then they made her live. So I was like, oh, are they really like going soft on this? Which is which is what you said at me, right? And then Yeah. And then at the end I was like, well, I guess I guess not, because she gets shot, but like yeah. So my issue with the ending, because I, I you know I've already alluded to this that I didn't I wasn't really a big fan of this ending. And it's not the fact that she dies. It's not the fact that I I I agree with you guys. I think is she she can't really be allowed to win in in this scenario right like the most satisfying thing is like she does lose for this movie that means she dies or i don't know is it does she die we don't really know you don't really presume but presume you kind of yeah you kind of imagine that she dies my issue is with the person that actually pulls the trigger really why if you guys remember from the beginning of the movie if you actually like notice the kind of character he is I think it's a very deliberate comment on a type of person that is in our society right now. He wears a red hat with Mm. a fucking bird on it. I noticed that. And he like says, I wish you would get raped. I hope you get murdered. He spits in her face. Mm. And I could not unsee that, right? I couldn't not notice that. And that to me is a, a person that is, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but like, you know, it, it is pro, you know, our former president, right? And that's how I read the, also the woman line, right? You can like, say that's, his name. He's not Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, shit. I'm shit. Yeah, no. I'm out. I'm outed. Uh, no, but like that's how I interpret that woman line from the very beginning was that is a very specific jab to that kind of persona also. So when the end of this movie comes and I'm like kind of like not hoping but also seeing like, hey, is she going to win? Is she not going to win? And then I see who pulls the trigger. It then makes me feel like this movie wants me to sympathize with her, right? Because this even worse person is the one that pulls the trigger. And it kind of undermines this idea that like, how, how do I say this? Like, if it was anybody else, then it feels like a like the villain has lost. It In this, it feels like a worse villain has just killed a more sympathetic villain. I think you have a you have a point there, but I I do think like that just goes to further prove that this behavior by Rosamund Pike's character Marla is inexcusable, no matter who the victim is. So I think in that regard, uh, I don't know, it makes things a little more complex and a little more nuanced. I don't know. I mean, like he wears a red hat and he's like sexist, so it's it's not exactly subtle, but yeah, I think I think it adds an extra dimension there, which I think is interesting. I don't know if it's like a subtle dimension, like again, like, but, but I think, I think it's interesting, right? Throughout the whole movie, like I didn't sympathize with her character. I don't think it ever wants you to exactly sympathize with their character until the end. And if it was, like I said, a normal person that pulled the trigger, I don't think it would tilt me to sympathize with her, but then it's because it's that guy. And like, I, I don't like that guy. I don't like that persona. Then it pushes me over to be like, oh shit, like now... Now what do I have to feel? I don't sympathize with that guy any less. I identify with his sexism. I hate women. No, I'm kidding. But I (laughs) do think of that. Like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they're not being subtle with the red hat and all of that. But I don't think you're supposed to hate that guy. Like, I don't think you're supposed to see him as like, oh, this is a horrible, like, mega sexist i think he's supposed to be sympathetic i I think you're supposed to be on his side which then is like oh is this like i don't know the mythical fucking right-wing populist white working class revolting against like the fucking feminist coastal elites or something are we supposed to be like on that train now is this like steve bannon movie or something but (laughs) yeah but that's it like i don't want to be rooting for that character yeah 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 but i think that that's reading maybe too much into yeah, maybe it. Maybe I am. Maybe I, I am. I, I don't know. Maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe that's the maybe that's the point. I mean I I do think it's a solid connection. Like I don't think I, I, I caught that right right away, by the way. I, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. Like I think I think when you draw those two points and I didn't. So when you draw those two points together it's immediately obvious. And then I think it does complicate the movie more, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't really know how to feel about that. I actually. can't I can't say if it's good or bad for the mm-hmm. movie. I think it's it's more interesting for the movie. I don't know if that's like a pro or a con, though, you know? I, I think it muddles the message a little bit, right? Which I don't know if you want to do. I don't know. But um, but I knew Marla was in, in the shit when she was wearing a white suit. Don't, don't wear white suits in these types of movies. You're going <laughs> to okay, get your what, shit ruined. When did you figure out what her plan was for Dinklage? I didn't. I didn't. I was actually pretty surprised. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I didn't know until they were meeting in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it till I saw her shoes. I was like, oh, nice. That's a great shot right there of her shoes. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I know what she's up to. Because I, I don't know the rules of conservatorships. You know, I don't know if that's actually, like, real. Oh, who the, fuck, but, like, who the yeah. fuck knows, dude? I don't know the rules either. But I, I was going into this whole movie. It's like, wait, can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, probably. You can indict a ham sandwich. So, yeah, I think, I think you can do that. When did you realize that they were a couple, Francis and uh, Marla? Pretty early. They have this kind of like – it's kind of weird. They, they subtly introduce you to it, but it's not like it's new for them, right? They are a couple even before yeah, no, no, all this. They've been together. Yeah, yeah. They've definitely – it looks like they've been together quite a while. Yeah. I and mean, from that little moment in the car, which was like, oh, okay, they're clearly going out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I think that's where the movie kind of introduces it. I'm just wondering, was it earlier yeah. and I missed it? Because that's where I picked up on it. And I was like, huh, are they? I like wrote in my notes. I was like, are they together? And then like later on, they like sleep together. You're like, okay, definitely, yes. By the way, is that in Miss Peterson's house? No, I think that's their apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. okay. I, I definitely got lesbian vibes like way before they actually like showed any like non-platonic affection for each other. I don't know. I think just Rosamund Pike's wardrobe. I don't know. With the suits and stuff, like the well-tailored suits. You're the fashion expert. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, honestly, her suits were amazing in this movie. Yeah, the wardrobing in this movie was so great. So good. I, I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I wish uh, Isa Gonzalez got a little more to do. She's she's pretty good in this movie. Um, and I'm I, I, completely honest. I didn't recognize her at first right yeah like i'm yeah. so used to seeing her with her like straight hair like i loved her kind of like frizzy like permed hair yeah and this too like it made her kind of like unrecognizable to me and i was like oh and then i realized who she was like oh all right yeah there's a lot of nice little surprise moments in the movie but we don't really have to talk about all of them i mean i particularly love the the scene after she like escapes her car she like does that little yeah scream yeah, yeah. Like she goes to the convenience store and like she picks up milk. I'm like, why is she picking up milk? And then it becomes clear later why she picks up the milk. And mm-hmm. Wait, why did she pick up the milk? Hold on. She puts her tooth in it. She like yeah. drinks most of it and then she puts her tooth in it. I guess it's to help preserve it so that it could be put back in her mouth. Because that's why she goes to the dentist. Yeah. So what was the deal with that tooth? Is the tooth significant anyway, or is that just like a? No, I don't think so. I just thought it was. She just wanted to keep her tooth. She wanted to keep her tooth. <laughs> All right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, uh, it's a very important tooth. Come on. It's got a diamond in there or something probably. I guess. I well, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> thinking. And then like, you know, obviously it wasn't. So I was like, oh, whatever. Uh, you want to talk about Chris Messina? He's Oh, he's, yeah. He's great. He's such an underrated Chris in Hollywood, I think. I think he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. Is he, is he in any Marvel movies? He's in uh, Birds of Prey. He's in Birds of Prey, which is DC, but. Yeah, so he's got to get in a Marvel movie. Once you become a Marvel Chris, your career takes off, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got Chris Pine. See, see there Chris you go. Pine. You got Chris Pine in DC, and uh-huh. now you got Chris Messina. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to create their own Chris superhero universe over there in <laughs> DC. I've been a big Chris Messina fan for a while because he's he was on like the Mindy Project. He was on Damages, lots of smaller roles. He's he's great. He's a great actor. Yeah, he was great. He was great in this too. Yeah, Cre- only got creepy. Yeah, only got like a scene and a half. But have you seen uh, Jay Blakeson's other movie? No. What is it? All right. Well, he's directed a couple, but some of them are not that good. He directed that Chloe Grace Moretz alien movie, The Fifth Wave, which was really bad. Mm. But he actually directed this movie called The Disappearance of Alice Creed in 2009. And it was just added to Amazon Prime recently. It's really good, actually. Very, very similar tone to this, like pitch black crime thriller, like a neo-noir thriller. Uh, with, with a little comedy in it. It's kind of like this, but very birds of a feather with this. So if you guys want to, you can you can check that out. All right, cool. Thank you for the recommendation. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, if you guys have nothing else, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Um, I guess you can find me on Letterboxd. I'm going to have to write something there at some point so I can make this part of the episode not a lie. What about you, Derek? <laughs> you can find me at the wrong day, Dayk spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to many more people. Yeah, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything you'd like to add to our episode for I Care A Lot, you can send us an email at jeff at strangeharpers.com. And we like to read emails on the pod sometimes. So if you guys have anything to say, please feel free to shoot me a line. All right. So I guess that will be it for this week's episode. We will see you guys next week. All right. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.